Hey everyone, it's Caroline. So this week on our episode, we are talking about what do I do as a parent if my child comes out to me as a member of the LGBTQ community? So we're going to give you guys some do's and don'ts, some ways to support your child and some ways to support yourself. We also want to let you know that our own Sarah Lewis is going to be starting a parent support group for parents of children in the LGBTQ community. So there will be more information coming on that soon on our website, virginiafamilytherapy.com. Welcome to Podcast Therapist, presented by Virginia Family Therapy. I'm Sarah. I'm Caroline. And I'm Amanda. As three family therapists, we know how hard it is to feel like you're being the parent you want to be while juggling everyone's needs. We specialize in helping families just like you during the long days of multitasking and constant searching for the bar of success. Our podcast mixes expertise, real life advice, and embarrassing stories. Whose embarrassing story? (laughs) Yours. (laughs) Let's walk through this together. Welcome to Podcast Therapists. Good morning, Caroline. Hi, Sarah. How are you? I'm good. So Amanda's not here with us this morning, so we're going to talk about Amanda today. No, let's not do that. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Actually, I kind of have a topic I want to talk about. Yeah, let's just dive in. Let's tell people what we're going for today. So what we're going for, and don't turn this off if this doesn't apply directly to your kid, but we're going to talk about kids who are in the LGBTQ community and coming out to their parents. Yeah, because I think that even if your kid isn't coming out to you, they will have a friend who is coming out to their parents or a friend who comes out to you. And so we really do think this podcast can be helpful for all parents. Yes, and and also some of you might have friends whose kids have come out to them and just being a support to them is important. Totally. But I think we're, go- we're not going to do this huge deep dive into all the labels and all the stages of development and kind of what happens, but we're just going to do kind of an overview of basic do's and don'ts and kind of what would be help, what we think would be helpful at kind of a, a fairly kind of preliminary level of when your kid starts to come out. I think also we historically end up having a lot of these conversations in our offices as clinicians and therapists, but, but I think I mean, look at the difference in the last 20 years or 10 years even in this Mm -hmm. issue. And I don't mean issue like psychological issue problem, but just in this topic, more and more kids, I think, come out earlier, more families are more accepting and, and, and friends, peer groups. Oh my gosh. I'm always This generation is so accepting. Like they, I think the teens that we work with are so accepting of each other. It's incredible. Yeah. And I mean, and just adapt like they, you know, with, with kids who come out and and do a name change, like teens, like immediately change pronouns and names for them. And I love it. I mean, I think, you know, that's a reflection, not only on the human beings we're raising, but also on the parents who are raising them, which is lovely. And I think, you know, hats off to everybody who's, who's at least talking about some of this with their kid and just teaching kindness. Mm. But I, I do actually work a lot with this population of kids. And, and so I thought we would talk a little bit about some of the things that 
can make it a little bit more successful when a kid comes to a parent. Um, yeah. Let's start with the do's. I think we should do's. start okay. with the do's. Well, I think the do's are similar to just being a, a strong parent, right? So we've talked about this before. Yeah. So like, I don't know if you guys listened to our episode on how to show your kid that you're listening, but if your child is coming out to you, right. If they're saying I'm gay or I'm transgender, right. Like the first thing to do is to try to listen to your child. Right. So just listen. And I think stop what you're doing. Like don't keep unloading the dishwasher. Try to turn down the white noise in your own body and your own mind that come up all of a sudden as soon as your kid says this. I mean, for some parents, I think they have been waiting for their kid to talk to them about this. So they kind of wondered. And so for some, it is like, oh my God, what? Like it's a complete trajectory change for them. And so parents, when when the kid starts talking and this gets mentioned, parents can really flood and get anxious. And I think that will take them out of the conversation immediately. And kids can tell if they're looking at you, they know that all of a sudden you're like spun out in your own brain. So I think listening and attentively listening, like put your stuff aside, put your stuff down, like really listen. And the conversation might be an hour and a half and it might be 15 seconds. Like, so it is really important that you listen when, when the the length of the conversation doesn't indicate how successful you are. Right. Like you could, your child could come out to you And you like say, thank you so much for telling me. I'm so grateful you told me and your kid walks away. Yeah. And absolutely. That's great. (laughs) There's a fair amount of testing that happens usually. I mean, a lot of times there's either hints dropped and you may miss them. And then once there's a disclosure, you might go back and go, oh, that's what they were trying to tell me in the car. That's what they were kind of hinting about. Or like, like I said before too, it could be kind of out of, feel like it's totally out of blue. But I think the important part, again, step one is to listen. Step two is to tell them you believe them. That's a very, very important part. Mm-hmm. And then like you said, step three is to thank them. And again, the conversation may end right there, but that is not indicative of anything you're doing. Right. And um, the pacing and the disclosure does have to be the kids. Yes. And it may depend on the type of kid you have, right? If your child is a big talker, it may inherently be a longer conversation. Or sometimes it's not a physical conversation. There are kids who will leave a note to a parent. Mm -hmm. You know, you come downstairs in the morning and there's a note on the kitchen counter. I do Mm -hmm. think if, even if your child writes you a note, right, you have to acknowledge the note. We can't just have that sit there. So you could do the same process, right? Where you Mm -hmm. go, you read the note, and then you go to your kid and you say, hey, I found your note. Thank you so much for telling me. Yeah, definitely. I'm here for you. I believe you. Yes. And and some families, certain kids, and I've even said this to them, to parents before, like write back. You can write on the note back, give them a note, but just verbalize, you know, thank you very much. I really do appreciate it. And even if you're not appreciating it in that moment, because I think, again, the point is, it doesn't mean appreciating it or or thanking them for it doesn't mean that you are like, oh, I love that you're gay. Like, you don't have to go there quickly because you may or may not feel that way. But I think it's you're thanking them for including you and you're thanking Mm -hmm. them for trusting you. And I think that is important. 
I think the next thing that's also important is to make sure they're okay. And I, and I think this is a little bit dicey for parents because as a parent, what we want to do is turn and go, well, are you okay? And um, that is not going to be received in the right way. Usually they're going to be like, well, why wouldn't you think I'm okay? Like, cause our, you know, there's a little anxiety about this disclosure stuff usually. So usually I suggest to parents that, that you say something like, so do you feel like you have good support around you with your friends and, and, you know, have you shared this with them maybe? And, and that way you're kind of getting a feel for the process that your child has gone through. Like, have they shared it with other people? Have they not shared it with other people? Because the support piece is huge and really important. And then the next thing can, can be, you know, is there something I can do? Do you need anything from me specifically? And Mm -hmm. I think even if your kid doesn't say yes, about 98% of the time, the kids have thought about a little bit about what they want from their parent or don't want from their parent. And, and really what they're, by taking this moment and being super vulnerable, they're looking for anything that feels negative. So the more you can kind of just be open and you don't have to necessarily get an answer from them. They may not have that answer, but they may also say, you know, no, can I get back to you? Or I'm not sure yet or whatever. Um, But you've left the door open. And we talk a lot about that in our podcast, like, crack the door open with your kids. Right. And, you know, even if you have the 15 second conversation and your kid is walking away, you can be like, Hey, you can talk to me about this whenever you want. You know, you can say that as they're walking away from you and just plant that seed. So we're talking about the do's. And then I have this, like, I have this feeling for like, what if I, what if my kid came out to me and I messed up? Right. Uh What if that I happens. didn't listen or I made a mistake? Sarah, what do I, what do I do? Apologize. Just be really okay with saying to your child, you know, I'm not sure I got that right. And I'm sorry about that. You know, can we try, can I try this again? Or um, I'd like to be more helpful. Or I'd like to be more supportive. I, I will say, you know, if your kid comes out in any way and you can stay in that place where you're open and you're, you're validating and you're fighting your own panic, you're fighting your own concern, you're finding your own worry. One of the things I would say is like, once you have finished the conversation with your kid, get some help and some support yourself. And I don't mean like help, like you need to call, you know, Caroline right away or myself right away, but call a friend, like process this with another adult that you feel Mm. would be a receptive adult to talk to about it just discuss it is helpful. Yeah. And if you're, you know, I'm anxious about everything. So I'm sure I will be an anxious parent too. So if you feel anxious, just about like, is my kid going to be okay? Right. Have that freak out, not on your kid. Yeah. Right. Have that freak out with your partner. If you have a therapist with your therapist or with someone really close to you that you can trust and -hmm. it's okay to have that anxiety, but don't do it try not to do it in the moment and really try not to do it directly to your child because they're going to pick up on your anxiety and be like, Oh gosh, I shouldn't talk to mom about this. It makes her so anxious. Mm -hmm. I also think, you know, check your confirmation bias. Like if you have very strong feelings about this and they're negative, make sure you're not calling someone just to confirm that for you. Um, That's such a good point call someone that you feel like you can share this with that is going to be open to discussing it with you and, and open to discussing not only the issue, but your feelings about it. 
some parents really hear this and don't care. And they're like, they don't care about that the child's gay or that the child um, wants to transition. And I don't mean don't care, like don't care about the kid, but just don't, it doesn't bother them. They're like, okay. Um, but they still are going to have concerns. They're still going to be anxious about some of this because most parents of these kids that are coming out are straight. And so straight parents have not had to walk this walk. They don't know the rules to the game or they feel kind of overwhelmed by that. So that's when it's a good time just to reach out to someone who can, who you trust that you could bounce things off of and even be like, this is freaking me out. Like it's, and and it's okay if someone says, yeah, I'd like totally be freaked out, but let's talk about why it's freaking out. You know, like try to get past anything that would just be shaming or, you know, negative in that way. Mm -hmm. I think there are a couple of things I would suggest not doing. Do you want to hear those? Yeah. Let's talk about what not to do. Well, don't burst into laughter. That would be not very helpful. Um, (laughs) Don't ignore it. Um, Can you give an example of what that would look like? Yeah, I think it would look like, um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, You know, just saying something really dismissive. Like, I think you're too young to know. Yes. Or I think you've been spending too much time on social media. Yep. Like, and just never bring it up again or never talking about it or just, you know, pretending like you never had that conversation. Right. So don't ignore and don't invalidate. Right. Yes. If you say, oh, you're too young to know what you're saying is I'm not validating your feeling. And then kids are going to feel like, oh, you're not hearing what I'm saying. You don't get me. Yeah. Or just this is just a phase. Kids hear that a lot. And, And the thing is, here's the thing. Kids are going through different developmental stages. And there are times where kids will have a crush on someone of the same sex and think, oh my God, am I gay? Or am I bisexual? And they may even bring this up with you at this moment. And it's an open, they, they're really curious. They don't know. Mm-hmm. And, and so leaving that open for them is really important because your response, you don't want to then shape that for them. You, your reaction will, can shape them in some way, negative or positive. And really that's not the intention. The intention is to allow them to feel safe discussing it with you. But if you're like, oh, this is just a phase or that's not a good idea, like, you know, those kinds of things, the kid's going to stop talking to you really quickly. And they are going to still explore this and try to figure it out themselves. That is not going to stop them. It's just going to stop them from talking. Yeah. The other piece is, I think some parents say this and mean it in a very loving way, but I think for the kid, it's a bit of a showstopper. And that's, oh yeah, I knew that. I, I figured that. I knew that all along. Which seems like a really confirming thing to say, right? Yeah, but if I'm telling you something that feels like a big deal to me and is a big deal to me and you say like, oh, I already knew that, then it kind of like takes the wind out of my sails, right? It's like, oh, I like, you know, I got the courage up and I'm doing something really big for me and for you to say like, oh yeah, I knew that. It's like, oh, okay. (laughs) Like it that's just would feel it. like a mismatch. Yes. So that's a, that's exactly it, Caroline. It's a, it's takes away the experience for the kid and invalidates it. And it, and again, like as a parent, you can have the best intention. Like you think it's actually a lovely thing to say and it's, it's confirming and it, in a weird way, it invalidates the experience. Yeah, totally. And I think that isn't to say, right. That if you're having a dialogue with your child down the road and they say like, Hey, did you ever, you know, did you know I was gay before I came out? Or did you know, did you ever wonder if I was trans? 
you can have those conversations, right? You could say, you know, I I did wonder in this moment, right? Or, you know, mm-hmm. I had an inkling or mm-hmm. you don't have to not be honest about that. But if it's the initial moment, right? Like yes. let it be a big deal. Yes. If your it. child that's is it. asking for that. Yeah, hundred percent. And I will tell you, like, for example, with trans youth, um, research indicates with supportive families of a trans youth, 52% of the kids have reduced suicidal ideation and there's 46% less suicide attempt when a family's supportive. I mean, the family reaction is huge. Mm -hmm. And again, you can blow it in the first five minutes and it's really okay to go back and say, oh, I think that I messed that up. I love you. Can we try that again? Or I love you. You know, I believe you. I'm sorry. I wasn't expecting that. Or I'm sorry. I just was thrown off and I didn't handle that the way I wish I had. Yep. Yeah. I think that's huge of just, if I, if I mess up in the moment, making sure I go back and talk to my kid about it. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I can, again, I can have I can want to be supportive mm-hmm. and fumble and go back to my kid and say like, Hey, I really dropped the ball. Yeah. And that could be the same day or the next day, or that could be after a period of time. Right. But if you're showing your kid, Hey, I know that I didn't handle this. Well, I am, I am trying to be supportive. I want to be supportive. Mm-hmm. Did you think that makes a difference? Absolutely. And I think we're seeing a change in this. We've talked a little bit about this. I think one of the reasons we're seeing a little more of this right now is because during the pandemic, most kids were in very like kind of siloed off into small groups and had time to kind of think about things, figure themselves out, spend more time with themselves, less distraction. And then they were surrounded by their closest friends who usually are pretty supportive and and confirming. And so um, it's not that we're seeing this like rash of disclosure or, or, you know, coming out, but, but I think it's just times are changing. And I think, again, our, our young population of like teens and preteens talk about this stuff. And I think 10 years ago, people didn't really talk about it that much. And this Mm -hmm. is like conversation. This is like, there's real normative kind of experience in this for teens now. And so, which is great for them, really hard for parents sometimes, but great for them. And I think most parents have really great intentions, you know, with whatever they say or what they, what they do following a disclosure. And I think the intention may not always come out the way it's supposed to, but I think sharing the fact that you have good intention with your kid is, is helpful too. Like just saying like, whether it's right in that moment or it's weeks later, just kind of saying, you know, I just want to let you know, like, I am really trying, like, I, I want to be supportive. And sometimes I may mess that up. Mm-hmm. I think especially where I hear that is with non-binary and trans teens and, and their parents, and it's around names and pronouns a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, th- it's just like, I am a clinician and I'm trying to be very aware and I mess up pronouns in my office sometimes. I mean, so, I mean, I think, and we all make mistakes, 
Like even when we're trying really hard, sometimes we make mistakes and you can just correct yourself, right? You can say she, oh, I'm so sorry, they, yes, right? Or if you're in a conversation and I say, oh, she, and Sarah says to me, oh, you mean they, yeah, right? I can say, oh, yes, thank you for correcting me or, oh, I'm so sorry, they, Right. Right. So really acknowledging our own mistake and making the switch to the correct pronoun. And I think that being able to acknowledge, hey, I made a mistake. I'm trying. I'm using the correct word or accepting the feedback. Right. Mm -hmm. Like if someone else corrects me saying, oh, I'm so sorry and using the correct pronoun. And I think, you know, for a lot of us, we're kind of like, God, oh, it seems so stupid. Like I hear that from some families sometimes you're like, Ugh, they versus she, like whatever. But you know, that's not up to us right now for, for this population of, and, and this demographic of kid, it's really important. And so it just, we just need to, to validate that. And I think it's important for everybody. Like I appreciate the pronoun piece and, you know, kind of being clear about that. I think it really helps but I know that there are lots of people out there who are like, oh, it just is really ridiculous. And it feels time consuming to try to refigure, you know, what to call someone or, you know, whatever. But it just it is what it is. And it's important to them. So it's about being kind and respectful in that way. Yeah. And again, I don't I don't have the numbers, but I'm have read the research. And I think it's pretty compelling that like using the correct name and pronouns is actually leads to better mental health outcomes. Right. So if you're like, why do I have to do this? It's because it does matter. So is there anything else we want to try to avoid doing? So one of the things I think as we face holiday time and this holiday time coming up in particular, I think because of the vaccination rates, more families are going to probably try to get together and share holiday time. Um, Oh, Sarah, this is like bringing me back to our podcast of oh, our very yeah. original podcast. And I'm like, <laughs> that's right. Oh my God, it was such an anxious time. <laughs> <laughs> and it is still a little bit of an anxious time. I think we've just learned to like be slightly desensitized, desensitized to our anxiety about some of this too. But, you know, if your kid has recently come out and you're going to get together with a larger family or friend kind of group, talking about how to manage that is important. Yeah, because I think what's really hard is I think a lot of parents have really good intentions. And so if you're going to see a family member that you're worried is not as accepting, the parent wants to have that conversation ahead of time, right? And if that is appropriate, by all means, you can have that conversation, but you need to talk to your kid first. Yeah, right. So you need to say, hey, I know we're going to Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever holiday with your cousins. And I'm a little worried about how so-and-so might respond, right? Can, can we talk about what we're going to do, right? My thought is, can I prepare them ahead of time, right? Can I have a conversation with them? And if your kid says no, right? I yeah. need to honor that. Yes. And I think um, this is where this is where it can get a little tricky. Um, 
your child has come out to you, but they may want some control over the pacing of that. Yeah. And that's important. And there are going to be times where you as a parent want to be super protective or you want to be super validating and you're not sure where to go with that. So like, you know, should you use your child's new name or should you not? Or were you, are you going to use pronouns with the great grandparents? Or is that just going to confuse them? You know, like really being able to talk about that and, and navigate that with your kids shows such support and you're being an ally and, and you're being kind and, and it's okay. It's not okay to dump your anxiety, but it's really okay to own your anxiety. So mm-hmm. if, if I were to say, you know, Caroline, we're going to see 40 family members at Thanksgiving. And I was thinking about announcing that you're coming, that you've come out and you might say, Oh yeah, please don't do that. Or I don't think that's the place and time for that or whatever. And then, you know, I might say, well, I'm just a little anxious if we don't share it. Mm -hmm. Right. Like that we're leaving people out. And then what would you say? I could still say, yeah, I just don't want to do that. Yeah, exactly. I could say I'm not ready. Mm-hmm. Or I could say like, oh, huh. Okay. Well, like, what would that look like? Right. Like yeah. when you say announcing it to the family, like, what does that mean? Right. And I think again, like the same is true if you're like, Hey, you know, Caroline, we're going to go see 40 members of our family at Thanksgiving. Please don't announce that you're gay. And I, I mean, you'd probably be like, well, that wasn't really my plan, but I think at that point, I guess the don't is don't out your kid and don't closet your kid. Have a discussion with your kid is my point. Yeah. And I think this is also a situation where we can plan and we can prep and we can work with our kid. And sometimes it still doesn't go as we planned. Yes. Okay. Right. Like yeah. knowing that hey, we can have a plan, we can, we can talk about it, we can process it, we can like problem solve, and something could still happen. If it yeah. happens, the, I think the best thing you can do as a parent is support your kid. Mm-hmm. Right? Regardless yeah. of what the plan was and what happens is like letting your kid know that they are still okay, that you still Absolutely. love them, that you're going to be there for them, whatever happens. Mm-hmm. Like your extended family. So let's talk a little bit about why parents get anxious about this or why, what we hear from parents about why they're anxious about this. What have you mm-hmm. heard parents talk about? I think one thing parents get very anxious about is sleepovers. Like oh, it yeah. feels like new territory to parents. And so a lot of times I hear like, what do I do about sleepovers? And so... so what do you suggest? So again, talking to your kid, right? So if you have a child who comes out as gay or bisexual, it does not mean my child can no longer have sleepovers, right? It means, right. hey, I'm going to have to talk to my kid about if they're dating someone or if they're mm-hmm. hoping to date someone. Because right. if I have a 16-year-old child or even younger And they're like, yeah, I'm dating so-and-so. No matter what gender this other child is, I'm probably going to say, hey, I'm not comfortable with you guys having a sleepover. I'm in that camp. I'm with you. Yep. I I mean, I 
I wouldn't want my 16 year old sleeping with any partner at my house right. or anybody else's house, truthfully. And so therefore I would want to have a conversation that was pretty open about, because it's just a conversation. It's, it's nothing more well, right. than a conversation. Sleepovers <laughs> it's not <are> judgment. Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> and sleepovers are developmentally like appropriate for a lot of Absolutely. kids. A lot of kids want to have sleepovers. So it's not fair to your child to just like take them off the table. What it means right. is I'm going to have to have some conversations with my child about what the sleepover means. Yeah. I think, I think the other thing that kind of gets a little confusing is, you know, if you are a straight kid, you're not attracted to everybody who's the opposite sex. You're attracted right. to certain people who are the opposite sex. The right. same is true of people who are dating the same gender. They're not attracted to every single person that's the same gender. They're going to be attracted to certain people. And so that's the conversation we're having. And here's the thing. If your kid is hanging out with friends at your house, you might be able to tell yeah, who they have, who they a, have crush a crush on. on right? Yeah, they are suddenly like super awkward or like, <laughs> you know, like we're a super fan of somebody like that person's so awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So like you may still have some insight. You still know, like some of the signs of like, Oh, Hmm. Maybe my kiddo is interested in this other person. Um, well, I had I, one parent ask me too, like, should I warn the other parent or tell the other parent? that my kid is gay when they go down. I was like, it's not the chicken pox. That's like, a great this is response. not a, con a ca contagious thing. Like your child is not going to go over. If your child has, has said, I think, you know, Hey, I'm gay. Your kid is now not going to go to someone else's house and like recruit gay kids or infect anybody with being gay. Like it's, it doesn't work that way. So it's really, you know, I think, no, again, that's like outing your kid. Um, there's no reason to tell anyone else your kids. Okay. I, right. I mean, I didn't laugh, can, but I kind of wanted and to. We can do, and we can do an entire different podcast or series on yeah. like curiosity and how do we navigate like talking about relationships and intimacy and healthy relationships with our kids because that's important as well. But it's like, yeah, your, your kids can still have sleepovers. Yeah. Absolutely. No matter what. And I think the biggest thing that I hear from parents sometimes is like, oh my God, I don't know the rules to this. Like, yeah, I'm feeling really anxious because I don't, I don't know what advice to give. I don't know what the rules are. I don't know, you know, how this works. And I'm like, well, let's slow the train down because relationships are relationships and intimacy is intimacy. So the rules are the same. So whatever rules you have in your house around that, I would stick to those. Mm -hmm. And I think the long-term rules and the long-term hopes, sometimes parents talk about that too. And there is some grief and loss when your kid comes out. And it's not yeah. about what, what I help parents kind of sit with is it's not about grieving the loss of your kid. It's about grieving the loss of your hopes and plans for your kid. Right. It's, Grieving the loss of the picture you created in your head as the parent. Yes. And I right? think, and I have to change that image of what I have imagined. Yes, that's exactly it. So I think a lot of parents are like, I feel this really sad, you know, sadness. I feel this loss piece or whatever. And, and it's really, it's 
it's great that you can identify that it, you are going to feel that it's really okay to feel that. Um, the thing to remember is that is, those are your hopes and dreams. Your, mm -hmm. your child still has all theirs. Right. Yes. It's not a loss for your kid. It's a loss for yeah. you. Yes. And what we know about gay and trans youth is that they grow up and they meet kind people and they fall in love and hopefully they fall in love with people who will be kind and honor them and they can get married and they can have children and they can raise children and their kids end up being really nice kids mm -hmm. and their kids percentage wise, statistically will probably be straight. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> so, and I think it can be confusing when we have really mixed emotions Right. I think it can be confusing if I'm feeling some sense of grief and I'm feeling excitement that or gratitude that my child shared this with me and that we're having this, that we can have this relationship. Right. And it's like, it's, it's okay to make space for both. Absolutely. And so, so essentially what we're saying is know that your child has already started a process of going through something once they've started talking to you. It's not like they woke up that morning, said to themselves, I think I would like to transition to the other gender, pass the Cheerios. Like, it's just not going to happen that way, right? Like, mm -hmm. this is something they have thought about. It is new to you. It's important to process your feelings and your thoughts, but not back on your kid. What's important is laying out a safe space for your kid to explore and also talk with you more about this. Yeah. So if you are really struggling with this, get support and start to educate yourself, right? That may help you yes. figure out what is going on for you. Education is huge. Generally, when I suggest education sites, what I say is like, go big, then fine tune it from there. So you know, go to the Human Rights Campaign website, which is a big, big organization, and you can find lots of resources. Um, you'll find resources on all sorts of things in the LGBTQ community. And then, then you will start to kind of fine tune your research more to your kid. I think also ask your kid if they have any suggested sites or places they've looked online, because more than likely they've done some research. Um, mm -hmm. because we are in the Google era, right? Like anything you need, you can just find. So they've probably looked at things that they could possibly share with you. And they may have actually even planned that. You know, they may, may have things that they want you to look at or things they want you to read specifically. Um, but I think definitely about it, not only educating yourself, but also finding the support piece is huge. And I think we had mentioned before, you know, find a friend, find a, you know, go to your therapist, um, go to your clergy member. Again, watch out for a little confirmation bias. There, there can be in certain religions, a lot of shame around this. And I would encourage anyone who is from, or, or trying to walk this line of, and balance that support piece with the religious and spiritual understanding that they have about this, these topics to find someone who is willing to be a little bit more open about it with them. Um, but still reinforce how they feel about their faith. And there are those resources out there. But I think, you know, this doesn't have to be a secret. 
It's not a secret and secrets are really bad for families. We know that that's basically our, one of our fundamental tenants, right? Um, mm-hmm. so, so I think um, it's about, it's about really just whatever you do, put your kid first. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for listening and walking through this with us today. You can find us at virginiafamilytherapy.com if you are in need of some support. And otherwise, we will be back to talk to you soon. Yeah. And I want to add really quickly, if I could, we are starting a trans and, well, actually just an LBGDQ support Zoom for parents who want to join that. It would be just a small fee to join a a kind of a therapeutic support kind of group meeting. Um, And I'll be leading that. And we'll just be talking about the different hurdles uh, that parents have sometimes with some of this and finding resources. And we'll probably meet a few times as a group. I'm so glad that you're doing this. Yeah, thanks. I'm excited about doing it. I talk a lot and I think you do too. We all talk to our parents so separately, but I think creating some community around them is really important too. I agree. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye.